Hey, hey, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Gosh Daniel podcast. This is episode what? 42. Oh, this is so cool. We're, we're... I think I'm just gonna sit on a stool and record some podcast. Whoa. You know what? I'm really glad that you wanted to open for us this time. Yeah. I think you're really out so a lot worth every it. time you open. It's like it's it's really mm. valuable. You know what? You know? you know what? Yeah, it's just, um, it's just me, you know? This one, like, uh, there's wait, a lot uh, to talk about, though. Like, being it's honest, true. like, this is probably one of the biggest episodes we've had so far. Just in terms of, like, no. sheer content to talk about. Are you kidding? So there's okay, there's a lot of news, and then there are two movie two movies we're going to review. But here's the thing. We're not going to go all in depth into the Star Wars stuff, which would have taken up like a whole episode anyways, because I've started a Star Wars podcast. You can find our review of the solo trailer, like in full. We're going to talk about a little bit on here, but like in full for like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour, we're going to talk the solo trailer, go really in depth, and I'll probably go off on some sort of rant. You can find that uh, at the Scarif Transmission podcast. The Scarif Transmission. Yep, yep, yep. Woo! Scarif. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so yesterday uh, was the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know if you knew that because you're not exactly the most athletically inclined. Um, Neither are you, though. But... So, like, I don't know why you're talking yeah, to true. me about this. <laughs> okay, I'm playing a character right now, and I need you oh, to right. get in. Yeah, I'm, I'm the nerd, um, and you're you're just the, and... you're the cool guy, and you're the, you're yeah. the jock, and I... I... I, I feel uncomfortable around you because yeah, I just really liked how Brat Whitworth played last night. It was just really great. Who? who? I don't know. I just made him up. Oh, is is he know. is he one of those um those uh those uh ball ball football verse? <laughs> exactly. Is that, is that what the Super Bowl is, or is it like yeah, um he... a salad eating competition? That's as much as I can do. I'm sorry. I'm done with. I can't play your characters yeah. anymore. I can't even play right. it. Um. Okay. So, so first uh, Super Bowl, but the only reason why that's relevant is because of the the commercials and the trailers. trailers so many. Here. So we got one. So, yeah. I'll list the ones that I saw because I don't think I saw all of them. I saw the one for a quiet place. Yes. That looks good, and it's not it just because amazing. there's John Krasinski. It actually, John Krasinski. It actually might be good. I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. I I might not, but you know, I probably won't. But I want to. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, next was a Jurassic World trailer, which after the first one, I thought like, gosh, this is gonna be a garbage movie. The trailer looks horrible. This one is like actually legitimately very interesting, and I actually it's am so looking forward good. to it. Like, I hope I they'll do see... like the lost. Uh, what's the what's the name of the second one? Is it Jurassic Park, The Lost World? Yes. I hope they I do that right, so. because that's the only Jurassic Park movie I really don't like to watch. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. Huh. Most people hate the third one and stuff, but that's the one like I thought was really boring. And I hope they kind of do that sort of thing with dinosaurs on the mainland in uh-huh. a more interesting I mean, way. I, I, because of this trailer, I could understand more what the... Because I... like. The, the director was talking about how he, like, incorporated more of these scary, like, horror-like sequences. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, like I could see that in this trailer. It showed evidence of it. Because in the first trailer, 
like they said it was like what only the first 30 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. um that they were showing so you know of course that wouldn't give us much um and so with this one i liked it for some reason i felt they showed like a tad too much even though it wasn't exactly that long of a trailer yeah they really did got that i feel like Um, a lot of the surprise like deaths and stuff like that were pretty much shown like there's that you know that one shot where the guy's like standing there and he's like i'm maybe gonna help them or something like that and then a dinosaur just like comes out of nowhere and grabs him and like that's the kind of thing that you'd want to be surprised about exactly like i wouldn't understand why they would put that in the trailer it's kind of dumb i mean yeah but it does make the movie look good good. so yeah yeah that's good and i think that's also Um, coming out in may alongside infinity war and solo right oh my gosh that's gonna be like the biggest month i'm gonna get movie pass just for that month i think i know same um yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, then we got a solo teaser, but the trailer came today. Uh, the day we're recording Ugh. this is Monday. So much, so much to say. But yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to say about this. Um, first of all, like the teaser has a l- different shots than the trailer. Like, it, I would have assumed that like the the first teaser. Well, is it? It's a teaser, teaser, and then a teaser. It's a TV spot and a TV. <laughs> okay, so first yeah. at the Super Bowl there was a TV spot. And then they showed a teaser the next day. Not not a trailer. I, I got... I, I'm confused here. So the TV spot has different shots entirely. Like this whole sequence with like a train. This guy, he's... Solo's like talking uh, to like some Imperial and he's wanting to join and become a pilot for the Empire. And like all that kind of stuff that we don't see later on in the teaser. So yeah. I don't know. It, 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 it's interesting to me. That there's, like, different shots. It's not just, like, this one has less. I actually like like that, I guess. It's because they kind of almost faked us out, like, w- with the TV spot sh- showing how it was edited. Like, it was obviously edited two very different ways. Right. And with two separate things in mind, I guess. Yeah. And then, so the other trailer is just kind of, like... I mean, so the TV spot was like, oh, this is cool. I can't wait see, to see the trailer in the in the morning. And I'm thinking that this is kind of going to go with that trailer, but it really doesn't. No, like uh, the pretty much has nothing to do with it almost. Like there's one shot that we get a little bit more of, and that's kind of it. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I've heard a lot of hate for Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo in these, as far as the, the teaser goes. People are like, you know, he just... He looks like him, but he doesn't have like the gestures. He doesn't, and he doesn't have the, look like him, He though. doesn't talk like him. I personally really, really like him. I think it's really good. Like, I very, very much like it. Like, I feel very strongly about this. Um, like, I thought... Um, I, I texted you about this, too. Like, I, I thought that he's he's just... He doesn't really feel like Han Solo, but for some reason that doesn't necessarily bother me and think it would ruin the movie for me. Because mm-hmm. um, I know this is just... It's like an adaptation of an event that Han Solo was a part of. Right. And so, of course, you have you have to cast a different actor. And they're kind of like just blatantly admitting we can't make this. We can't make anyone Han Solo. Um, we can't make anyone Harrison Ford. So right. we can still, I guess, get another actor and have him play Han Solo. I don't. Yeah, um, right. I don't think they like made a new character, though. Like some people are like, you know, yeah. it's fine. We just get a new character. It's not Harrison Ford. I like that he's not doing like a Harrison Ford impression, but at the oh, same time, yeah. I think a lot of the dialogue, I think he has like the, just the right smirk and stuff like that. He seems to me like in less jaded, overly cocky, like more so than Han in like a new hope and stuff like that. He's like way more cocky. 
And I honestly think that the progression will translate pretty well. I think it'll be like, he starts off here and it's not like inconceivable to imagine he ends up the way we see him in a new hope. I don't think it's going to be too far a stretch, especially since that last line, he's like, uh, what was it? I thought we we're in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine now or something. I don't think he says yeah. now, but it's fine. We're fine. Um, like I, I it like just the, works um, I, that scene. Yeah. And then she's like, I, I like, okay. Yes. Yeah, I like the, uh, the, 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 sorry, the flying, uh, that, that sequence where they were, you know, that whole sequence, it just, the way it sounded, the way it felt, it definitely felt like star Wars. Which it was, was cool. good. I, I'm, I'm really happy with that at least. And Amelia Clark is the only thing I'm kind of not too happy about right now because it's like uh-huh. literally the exact same. Like this is the third new female British brunette lead that we've had uh-huh. in all of the Star Wars movies that have come out since Disney started. We have a main character who is a, like a British brunette. And I am not like, gosh, we have too many women in Star Wars. Cause I don't feel even almost that way. I just feel like we should have more diversity in terms of that. Cause it's like, you know, we don't, just they're need British similar. brunettes. They're all so similar. I mean, they have kind of different, like, okay, so Ray, I'll talk about it a bit more, but like, Ray doesn't really have too much of a distinguishable personality in a lot of ways. Like, she kind of does, but also kind of doesn't the more you think about it. Jin. She has more of like a, she could have more like a, of a secondary character personality. Almost. Like. It's, it's like they've, kind of opened her up like they like they did with harry potter where it's like so that way you know you can kind of identify with the character more than it's like they have very very clear motives and you know exactly what they do in every situation which is fine yeah it's the character you're supposed to identify with and whatever Jin has very clear motivations even if you don't like feel for her like you know her <laughs> motivations and like that's the uh-huh. only real difference between these at the same time they're all like they all got the pretty similar like snappy british girl dialogue like i i don't know i want to see like maybe there's a blonde girl in star wars or like maybe like you have somebody other than a british girl like i don't know yeah I, no I, that makes sense i totally get that like as a main character um, at least you know i definitely um just like she was the mo the most bland part of that whole thing. Yeah, she's not bad, and but she's just kind of bland and ter- because we've already yeah, seen so much. Yeah, and so of that. it's like, I I didn't exactly correlate that. For some reason, I didn't correlate. Oh, it's another British, uh, you know, brunette girl in Star Wars, and it's like that same exact, uh, thing. Um, I didn't exactly correlate that, but I just like was like I've seen this before, and it it it's feels so familiar and it's just kind of bland if anything right so i mean it'd be cool if in the movie they did something interesting with her like i think it could be redeemed if they've decided to to do something interesting with like what happens or her character arc or something like that um then that could totally change i guess my opinion so that's the only chance um i think they have of like changing that i have a theory or two about where they'll go with her character um yeah about like two or three actually but like we can talk about that in uh on the other podcast but um i don't know just a very brief overview the cinematography actually does look good to me it looks kind of more like rogue one did i didn't realize but it's the same cinematographer that did arrival so that's that's good yeah that is definitely Um, good yeah i don't know i think it'll the, the production design on this movie looks like it'll be some of the best we've seen 
So that's yeah, good, I'm at least. At, at the very least, we have a good-looking Star Wars, I think. so. That's oh. true. I just didn't... I don't know about, like, the weird 3D text, like, No, right. No, that looks really, again. really crappy. I mean... So bad. It looked like 90s video game graphics I think, for some reason. It was just... Ugh. I think it's intentional. Like, it's supposed to be like, no, look, at this is a different look. And I kind of get that's where they're true. going for because it's like... It looks a bit look nice. Well, the thing is, I think it's supposed to look a bit cheap because of like one, the characters we have involved. It's like a scum and villainy thing, but it's also like in terms of the timeline older than like a new hope. So I kind of like the weird, like it's kind of chintzy and cheap, but like it kind of fits. I don't know. It's not garbage and it's not really probably going to, you know, it's not going to make an appearance in the movie. So like, I don't really mind. (laughs) It's not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. But it does look kind of bad. Um, I don't know. I like it so far. I mean, we haven't even touched on Donald Glover as Lando because he hasn't said any dialogue, but he looks perfect. <laughs> like he looks the yeah, role. That's true. Um, yeah. Um. Anyways. Um, yeah. I guess. I guess if let's we move on. Move on from this. I guess then there was uh, an Infinity War. Was there an Infinity War yes. teaser, and then there was a trailer the next day? Yeah, I think uh, the same what? thing happened. Yeah. No, because it was. I mean, it was like a second one or something. Like it was pretty short still, but yeah, I saw it. No, because there was just the TV spot, and that was it. No, but no trailer came. But I, I, I watched both. Like there were two different ones. I thought. Wait, really? I think so. Yeah. You have to send me the link because I've been checking and I haven't received anything. Like let me let me see if I can find it. Um. (laughs) Because I mean the I mean maybe they. Like, cause the the TV spot was really long. I I think it'd be like another trailer. Actually, I don't know if they were, they were calling it a TV spot or something like that. Um. So and I I'm pretty sure that was just it, cause that's all the news I've heard about it. And that would be dumb for Disney re- to release a new Infinity War trailer and the Solo trailer on the same day. So uh, I don't think that's how that went down. Um. Actually, I think it they did wait. It's hard to find. Oh, gosh. The internet is not helpful. <laughs> we can figure it out afterward, I guess. I, I guess I just saw the one that played at the Super Bowl, and I thought it was cool. Um, like, all the new shots we got, they were cool. That's that's it. I know it's going to be a, yeah. a great movie. Maybe it's the same I'm one, confident. and I just didn't watch it all the way through the first time. Uh-huh. That, that's probably um, what it is or something. I don't know. But either way, yeah, it looks fine. Like, it doesn't really... I think everybody's already figured out the plot and what's going to happen as far as, like, you know, Pepper's going to whatever. And I, I don't know. I think I already know what's going to happen. Gonna whatever. Um, okay. I don't know spoilers, but I think she's going to die. And like, I don't know. It doesn't seem anything like anything new. But, again, I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I think they're good. I like Ragnarok. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I like those movies, but I'm not, like, super uh-huh. attached. Like, I'm probably more attached to Jurassic World. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, um, any other trailers? Because I don't remember that. anything else. Then they did a. Yeah, that was I think a they did a fake out trailer. So like they were gonna do like a, what was it like a Dundee movie or something like that? Yes. That and then was it so actually great. turned out like it wasn't. But there was like a it bunch of there was a bunch of lead up to that. Like people actually thought they were making a movie beforehand, and then the trailer <laughs> comes out and they're like, actually, psych, it's not a really a thing. Which. <laughs> I have to say is actually incredible because nobody wanted to see that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You gave the people what they wanted. That made me happy. Um, other than that, was there was there another one? Oh yeah, of course. I feel really bad if there was. They had another trailer. Um, they 
decided to drop oh. randomly they dropped a cloverfield paradox trailer and like we thought it we didn't even know it was called oh. paradox it was called like the god particle or something beforehand yep. and they're like oh yeah so once the once the game's over uh you are going to get to watch the movie on netflix immediately and so i that's just brilliant it was right really there, good and we'll talk about it a bit more later in the episode but i can see why they did that um <laughs> it makes sense yeah though. like yeah. it would have done bad in the box office like but putting it on netflix and doing it immediately with all that hype was perfect but i immediately stopped watching the super bowl to watch 10 cloverfield lane because i'd never seen it before so then I'd have like some context as far as the Cloverfield universe. But that was a, uh-huh. almost a bad idea because then I was comparing a masterpiece with this movie. And also they're like not even the same genre. They have no connection whatsoever. So I don't know. Yeah. If anything, this was just it was a prequel to the original Cloverfield. And I haven't seen that one. Which is the dumbest idea ever. It kind of is. Just- but like it, I guess in some ways that makes it connected to Cloverfield. Ten lane, it's like a way of setting up a universe where everything can happen is almost how I feel about it. So like you can have any kind of like monster or alien thing coming through just because of what they did in Paradox. Um, spoilers. <sighs> yeah. So like I kind of think it does fit for like as far as a connection to Ten Cloverfield Lane, but we don't need to know. I guess it's like it's another thing of, gosh, if you didn't make a prequel, where would we be? Probably happier. Wait. Wait, yeah. Are we getting into the Cloverfield review? I think we should like, get into what's, it. What's happening? Well, okay. Okay, I don't. I kind of want to talk about Paddington too, as well. But like, <laughs> maybe we could do that at the end, so we ha- end on a happy okay. note. I think we should end on a happy yeah. note. So let's do that later. So that works. Going back into the paradox. I, um, I, I think first the best way to approach this is kind of to review it as a trilogy, and I know that you haven't seen the first one, um, but kind of see it as a whole um for for like all that it is which is it's kind of weird um like but i think that might be the best way to go about it but i I kind of think looking at it as an isolated movie is kind of more fair to it you know that's true because i'd still want to talk about the trilogy as a whole yeah what this did for it okay yeah i mean here my thoughts are that it's not a bad movie but it's not great like it for me it was like a just a, an annoyingly bad movie but kind of in disguise because i guess they hit all the right beats i think they just didn't like work yeah i don't know what it was for me but it, nothing they did or like i can't say nothing because of course there was a couple things that i was like i was i, I was happy with i guess i could say but uh, like for the most part like none of the they they sure they hit the right beats i guess but what does that even mean you know yeah like i don't know i feel kind they, of opposite to you though i think they hit the wrong beats but they did it well but just the fact that those beats were there was annoying like it felt like it had a lot of horror movie tropes yeah and that I, annoyed I mean, me but i like how they did it, it it was like for me it was like they followed a formula yeah. and they followed that formula really well um but they followed closely. it too well yeah they yeah they followed it too well and they didn't do they didn't it, deviate like yeah and so like by the end of it it just it just felt empty you right. know like and all you 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 weren't a- attached to any of the characters um and this is why i want to talk about it as a trilogy um like because i was thinking about okay there's there's character arcs in this movie there's 
a plot that is like interesting and intriguing, how can I not like this movie? Right. Like, why am I not liking this movie? Well, because I guess the I think... thing is, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm <laughs> well, sorry. No, I, I mean, welcome to the Gosh Daniel podcast, where it's really more like a Gosh Bob podcast. Because I, <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, one of the most, um, for me, one of the most um, interesting, like parts, uh, interesting, like part. I don't know parts of movie watching. Uh, no wonder why you talk a lot because you can actually talk, so that helps. Well, thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, with movie watching, when you watch a good movie, a great movie, for me, I know it's a great movie. Like I can just tell by the end of the movie, it's had such a big impact on me, and I'm like, this is a great movie, and it is. And I rewatch it, and it still is. Um, other movies, maybe I don't feel as inclined, but sometimes I end up liking them more as I rewatch them, or liking them less as I rewatch them. Um, and but when a movie is, I can flat out say that it's bad. Um, that's really interesting for me because I want to know why I say it's bad. I guess because I say it's bad, but I don't exactly even know why. Um, so it's like this inclination that I have, and I I want to like. I, so I was asking myself questions why I would think this is bad and w- how this differs, but also is kind of similar to Ten Cloverfield Lane because um, you have supposedly a strong character lead for both of them like and they're supposed to be going through all these events and stuff and you're supposed to kind of be curious and asking questions about what's happening and I mean I noticed that with uh Paradox it was more of a um here's a question for you then let's answer that okay here's another question for you and then let's answer that that was like the whole movie, honestly. Yeah, but and it was I think really, the important really part about that is that the questions weren't hard to figure out. Exactly, yeah. Because they, they were answered so easily and you kind of already had the answer. Mm-hmm. It was... Like, I don't know, her kids already being dead. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a big deal because like... Like I don't, I don't know if they said that in the beginning or something because no, the, they didn't. that was really weirdly handled. It um, it didn't have payoff. Like I was kind of interested, and I thought like, yeah, why aren't they there? But it yeah. doesn't. It feels shoehorned in, and it doesn't really have any kind of payoff to it. And it doesn't seem realistic that somebody would, uh, again, full spoilers, like would just want to drop everything and live in an alternate dimension just because their kids are there. That aren't really their I know, kids. Like, like that doesn't. It doesn't. Like you might want to save their life. So I think what she ended up doing at the end made a lot more sense than what she was planning on doing immediately after. Uh, yeah. Like I, I don't think anybody would realistically feel like, yeah, sure, I want to be around when they're not my kids, and I don't know. It's weird. Like, what does that say? Like, about, I'm not a mother, but like the the like the relationship and the love she has for her husband in right her like dimension. that she would abandon you know? him like if he was dead too that made that would make total sense but he's there the whole time and he's like waiting for her to come back and she misses him like a lot so she's just like yeah i guess i'll drop everything and abandon him he'd like that yeah so it was a lot of just issues with the screenplay um i think like the writing yeah and the story uh it, it was probably because they didn't have um uh, damien chazelle come in and you know do the screenplay edits i guess all right yeah just because you know um <laughs> Here's the and that's thing. why Ten Cloverfield Lane was the best. That I don't know if that's why. I mean, there's a kind of movie that works for the mystery box, and while it's not Star Wars, 
I mean, watching 10 Cloverfield Lane again, well, for the first time, but like in order to watch this other movie, um, you notice like, so the mystery box elements of that movie are like intended to be a mystery box and the answers aren't fulfilling exactly. Like they're, they're sufficient in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. In 10 Cloverfield Lane, the mystery box is really well done. And that's a J.J. Abrams trope, right? But, like, it, it's well done, but then, like, the payoff isn't great, like, always with J.J. Abrams. But the mystery box but, was... I mean, he only but the mystery the box movie, was satisfying, so. you he know? He only produced the movie, though, so... Yeah, I think he's had a pretty... You can't blame everything he, on him. No, right. I'm not blaming it on him. I think that that's, that's something he likes to do with his movies. He talks about it all the time. And Clown Cloverfield Lane is, once again, a bad robot film that's just, like very much in line with a jj abrams movie it's got this mystery box the mystery box is done right it's written very well it's interesting the payoff is not great at the end but the whole ride was more satisfying than the conclusion and that's the point of that while that doesn't work with star wars that's what we come to expect from a cloverfield movie and so i was expecting there to be a mystery box and instead the paradox Uh was like just a horror movie where they all understood what was happening. And at least if they didn't understand it, I understood it. And so it wasn't a really that engaging. I didn't really feel what the characters was feeling. I didn't really care because I knew what was happening too obviously. And that's fine for some movies, but it's not fine for something that's supposed to either be a thriller, a mystery, uh, you know, like uh-huh. a suspense movie or a horror movie. Like all of those you want to be invested you want to yeah. wonder what's going to happen next. And I, I didn't feel that way the whole time. So, yeah, that's, I totally, that's what I got exactly too. Like there was no, I, I it like the way they did it made me not care about it. Yeah. I guess. Like and it was, was interesting so kind of, but like at the same time, like I, I liked some of the elements like 3d printing food. And then this guy <laughs> like 3d prints a gun cause he wants to kill people. And I think all of that's cool. I like the element that like once they introduce the gun, like it's almost like um that like prehistoric like concept that people had of like once somebody made you know a stick or like fire or something then everything went bad you know uh-huh. like uh that, that you see at like the beginning of 2001 the space odyssey or whatever i like that element uh-huh. of like there's finally a weapon and then everything kind of starts to go bad from there and i also yeah. like the 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 way that they use that um when she's shooting the screen at the very end She's like shooting the screen where her like where, where she is and where like a video of her with her kids and yes. all this stuff. And then that's what yeah. like kills the the villain kind of because yeah. it like sucks her out. I think all of yeah. that is very like poignant and I think it's really good imagery, but it really belonged in a movie that I was engaged in and like cared about. There's good stuff yeah. in there and there's really cool concepts and the way it's done is just like eh. I don't know. That that's what I think. No, I agree. The acting's like, fine. I, I did actually notice I did notice the, the 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 shooting of the you know, the window thing. I thought that was actually like that was actually interesting. That was a little thing. Like they had they got the little things right, I think. I think they really did. Um, but like I don't know. It just it you could tell everything was kind of dumb. I don't know. Like I love Chris O'Dowd. He's one of my favorite actors, and I think he's super hilarious. And he was funny in this movie, but he did not fit in this movie. Like, I'll admit that. He did not admit, you know, he didn't fit in this movie. It's great to Mm -hmm. have, you know, like, you know, Irish, uh, 
humor and whatever and he's he is really funny his arm gets goes like just comes off it's what they do with him is interesting but then also he's not funny in the context of what's actually happening in the movie it's just like if you isolate his jokes they're funny and then exactly also the way they kill him is really dumb because I've never seen a movie that feels so unrealistic with the way somebody's just walking slowly towards something when they already like he completely understood what was happening. He, they just made yeah. him walk slowly and it was the most drawn out scene in the history of cinema. It was garbage. That was really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, stuff and like that. Why did like wh- in that scene why did the metal like grab him? Like it it was tr- I thought it was yeah. trying to be like attracted to the magnet where all right. the other metal. Was I thought going. it was just gonna so, like get, put, go get so magnetized that it like pushes through him and kills him that way. Like that's what <laughs> yeah. I thought was gonna happen is eventually like it just like it's so strongly it magnetized that it like sticks him to the wall and then goes through him and that that's what like kills him. But instead, it grabs him and then goes back. And I don't know, none of that. And then that then he weird. blows up, and that's what I don't know. A lot of the things like that were just kind of really shoehorned in but i like the element of like some of what they did with the other dimension and like how things happen differently there and there's like this whole other character that's in there okay that scene with the wires though like when she's in the wall is gold yeah like that is gold like if that was in if like if the whole movie had like that kind of horrific sense and like tone and it's just painful to like that's what it should have been like if if you could make that scene into a whole movie Honestly, that was yeah. that was peak. That was and that was and a movie where you actually care about the characters somewhat, right? But I mean, I kind of felt just because it was like so horrid and everybody's kind of shocked with it. Everything about that, like I kind of felt stuff at that moment. Everywhere else in the movie, yeah. I was like, eh. Yeah, and it just goes to say that if you know you're gonna have so many scenes where. It's about like a character and what they're feeling about a certain thing, like her her just staring at her family or something, and she's really sad or uh, like that at kind of close to the end that scene where she's looking at her family on the monitor, and that scene was so drawn out, I was so bored. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the dude where like the, the 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 scene where like the dude the captain he sacrifices himself, I'd... all those just felt like tropes, honestly. Yeah, like when he just he's just gone, and that's that's it. Okay, but what I will say, like, made actually zero sense. It wasn't just, like, I didn't care about it, but it made zero sense is how they all of a sudden got clean energy at the end. Like, it just worked. Well, it was because of the girl, uh, Tam. Tam. Remember? Right, because she cleared out the ventilation or whatever? No, well, yeah, she gave them a new, like, algorithm, which involved having, like, using ventilation to, like, keep the thing stable, I guess. Right. But then they and it was but, weird, but though, they used because, it to travel back. So then, well, they did it. Yeah, they did it twice. Um, they went. And it was weird back, though because and then all of because a he like he he tested it on like a simulation, and I'm like, wait, if you're gonna if it's if you tested it on a simulation and you're that happy that it worked, why didn't you just test all the other runs on a simulation and see if it would work? Yeah, like it's not instead of risking everything. I guess maybe it like, isn't that like a make plot hole, but it's just doesn't i don't know like if you they they because they, that was a specific thing that was motivating them at the beginning is that they only have three tries left or whatever yeah and they ended up at the end of the movie using all three of them so 
It's all it's it's all it's a bit convenient maybe, but like I don't yeah, understand definitely. how the whole station works with like half of it blown up and like a whole ring of it gone and like. That's what I was thinking too. Like, wasn't how was that important? Was that just for space? But like, do you really need that much space for what four five people? Right. I, I don't know. Like, I guess they did live up there for like two years, but it just yeah, some true. of it just seems to be just the ending is too nice and neat and convenient. And so for just how convenient and nice it was, I kind of enjoyed at the end as much as it's a really dumb tie in. And I can understand how stupid of a tie in it is. I did like the fact that at least something went wrong at the end. Cause it was yeah, just with them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really, um, I liked that scene and I, I actually liked, um, I really like some parts of the soundtrack too. Yeah, I thought the um, soundtrack was good, but it's the same kind of soundtrack from Ten Cloverfield Lane, and that was my only problem with Ten Cloverfield. Is like actually, I don't think the soundtrack, that kind of soundtrack, is like the best choice for Ten Cloverfield Lane. But it worked perfectly here. So. Yeah, I I really like the introduction too, like with the credits. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, like, I like that. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie, just because. Everything in the middle <laughs> was uh, really drawn out, and I thought yeah, this, I actually thought that of... the, the opening credits were really drawn out too. I kind of liked the first shot where they're like all trying to get gas, and they're like, "Come on!" And then he's talking to her about it. I thought that was good. I liked her husband. Same. I think he was really good, but he also didn't really belong in the movie. And yeah, he had nothing really. He, he saved didn't... the girl, and then they were just in the bunker, and then that was it. Right. I mean, I guess the point was. I would have liked to see him at the beginning and then like maybe see a bit happen as like, <laughs> I don't know. Like you see him at the beginning and then the power goes out and then he's like off of the call and that's kind of all like, that's all we really needed to see from him. Although Honestly, I, I think he yeah, gave like, a good it, performance at the end where he's like, tell them to go back, you know? Yeah. That was good, I mean, if they were going to cut away from this, you know, the space scenes and show what he's doing at least make it worthwhile instead of like yep he's um, sitting there on his phone and by the way like the the ui on his phone it looks so bad like him texting he's on twitter which is just called quick feed or something and like all this stuff as he's like driving and i love the like the message of you shouldn't text while driving and he's like yeah but only in emergencies and then he like doesn't get hit or anything it's like oh yeah you're right he should be on his phone the whole time. I know. I was thinking that too. I'm like, okay, it's if so he doesn't weird. get hit, then like, what kind of message is this supposed to be showing? It was just and ugh. like, I'm I'm taking like my DMV class, and it's like this online thing, and they make you watch all these videos, and I had to watch like five videos about texting and driving and yeah. like different people's <laughs> stories and stuff, and like what happened, and that just one scene just undermined it all, and I'm like, what the heck? It was really weird. I, I don't know. Yeah. A lot of this movie is, like, kind of done well, but, like, with no heart to it, I guess. It's true, and though. I, I just didn't – I couldn't care, that, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Because, I mean, I cared so much for 10 Cloverfield Lane, and it just – I felt yeah. the opposite about this. Like, it should say something that, like, okay, so it was my first time watching 10 Cloverfield Lane and my first time watching The Cloverfield Paradox, and yet – like, the only thing I could think about when I was done with Paradox, and even throughout Paradox, like, to some extent, was was Cloverfield Lane. Like, Paradox did not stick with me at all. Like, I kind of, I've almost forgotten about it. You know, like, I know 
I can think it's about it. It's such a forgettable it, movie. As far as like emotions go, like I'm still feeling like the Ten Cloverfield Lane stuff, and I I did not like even remotely care. I guess for paradox, it's so interesting because they ten in Ten Cloverfield Lane they made you feel more with a story about um, uh, Michelle and her in a hardware store and seeing you know, the little girl being abused by her father and, like, that kind of thing. With her just telling that one story, it gave us context on so much. Her motivations, her, like, life choices, and that, like, decision at the end where she's, uh, you know, um, right at the fork of the road and she has a choice between going to Houston or Fort whatever um, and, like, Houston to fight and the other place to be safe with, like, survivors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she chooses to fight. Um, opposed to how she was in the hardware store where she decided to, like, stand there and she was just freaking out and she ran away. Um, so it was, like, like those little things, like, not little things. Even though it was such a little event, it made it so big and important and it made you connect with the character. Yeah. And yet the this movie, the Paradox, seemed to have bigger stakes almost and yet you felt less because of it. That's true. So, like, I don't know where the disconnect was there. Yeah. Um, because I can tell you all the things I love about Cloverfield, um, Ten Cloverfield Lane, and all the things I don't like about Cloverfield Paradox. Um, however, like, I don't know. It's so hard to make a movie like Ten Cloverfield Lane, honestly, because mm-hmm. it's just so well done. Yeah. Um, that's true. And so, I, I mean, I don't want to like. Like the Cloverfield trilogy as a whole, like the the first Cloverfield, um, like Ten Cloverfield Lane just definitely is the best by all means. It it shines the most in the whole trilogy. Like, if if anything, if I were to like watch it, uh, Cloverfield the trilogy, I would just watch Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's all I would do. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to watch go the first and show one, but. I wouldn't show a friend, hey, let's, you want to go see like a tr- Cloverfield trilogy? I wouldn't go to the trouble of seeing the first and the last one. Hmm. I- I'll, like, I'll give the credit to the, f- the first one. Like, by the ending, I was left with, it, it's, it's J.J. Abrams. It's going to be, uh, like, just another mystery box. It's, that's all it is, really. Except the end, with that little hint, I guess, that they give, like leaves you kind of curious and intrigued and kind of like it had it was weird because um paradox and the first cloverfield kind of had similar endings Hmm. so it it, like in some ways which i guess is interesting like it gave me that same feeling that i had no spoilers it gave me it gave me the same feeling that i had um watching them however Hmm. 10 cloverfield lane is just in another it's in another dimension, <laughs> um, which makes me think. Like, I wonder if they would, if like every other movie relates to it, uh, relates to one another. So, like the yeah. first, and then the third, and the second, and then the fourth. That'd be so funny. That'd be interesting. Um, <clears throat> I don't know though. I kind of think. Well, like going back into mystery boxes, I honestly do think that mystery boxes can work in a movie. I think that's what 10 Cloverfield Lane proves. That's like a mystery box done right, where that's not the only point of the movie, but like that the mystery box is kind of what keeps you going a little bit. 
Um, yeah, like I think that this then, was an, Ten Cloverfield Lane was an example of one that was a success. Right, but like there are definitely examples. That doesn't mean just like use a mystery box on everything. It's funny how often yeah. Hollywood does that kind of thing, though. It's like you got one thing right, and then you misunderstood what went right about that, and take the thing that was wrong and just keep doing that. Like mystery boxes work in a certain context, and that's not Star Wars. I'm just going to say that right now. That's not Star Wars, <laughs> and that's not like i don't know you you have to actually it's not the mystery box that people care about it's the fact that the characters are dealing with a mystery box you know like in 10 cloverfield lane it's the characters who are wondering what's going on more than it is that's a good point more than it is you that's a really good point yeah and like uh, exactly like in the force awakens the kind of mystery box elements are like Okay, well, how did Maz Kanata get Luke's lightsaber? And how did. R- why does R2D2 just power down? And why does Lorsa and Tekka have the map to Luke Skywalker? And also, maybe, I guess, who's Snoke? And why is Ray's parentage even a question? Why does it matter? And like all this kind of stuff. And that's not like what the, quest- what the characters are wondering, it's what the audience is wondering. Yeah. So you can't like work that into a movie afterwards to like. See, yeah, like these are all the answers because it's like, well, the characters kind of knew for the most part. It's I mean, just like we I mean, didn't with Rey, for some of it them. was kind of it was kind of turned around in the Last Jedi because yeah. of that scene where she's like, "Show me who my parents are." So that changed so the she, meaning of that, which that is made it to Ryan Johnson. That made you almost care a little bit, but every yeah. all the other questions are like just kind of never referred to again because it doesn't need to be a question to begin with. It's not like if you don't. There, there are two ways to go with this. You, we don't need to hear the answer to everything in order to enjoy a movie. We don't need to have everything happen, know everybody's backstory. But major questions that could possibly be plot holes that don't really make sense in context. Like, you, I don't know. It, it doesn't really make sense to make everything a mystery and not have thought of an answer. Yeah. Especially I mean, for a movie like that. it's one thing to be vague. Right. It's one thing to be vague and not give all the answers to everything. But I honestly think... Just make it really obvious. Yeah, I think a story can't really be written with that much intrigue if there wasn't already an answer behind it. Like, imagine 10 10 Cloverfield Lane. The whole thing was written and stuff like that. But, like, they didn't really actually think about if the air was actually contaminated, if he was actually, like, abducting her, if, um, you know, they were actually, like some sort of bombs they hadn't thought about any of that and like the movie just ends uh-huh. and she like it, it wouldn't you couldn't really write it because it's like yeah it because they were too afraid to make the choices right like if there was a the whole point was you do want to know what happened and it works because it fits with the rest of it you know because yeah. they thought of the answer before writing the question i guess and not that the answer super satisfying but, like, it at least fits. You can't really just... Uh-huh. I don't know. I've been reading... Okay, so the reason I say this is because I've been reading the Poe Dameron comic. Um, and <laughs> okay. in it, they're trying to find Lors and Tekka because they know he has the map to Luke Skywalker or whatever. But then thinking about... Because I'm reading this after having seen The Force Awakens. I mean, after having seen The Last Jedi. And I'm like, but didn't Luke just go away? Like, why would he have left a map with Lors and Tekka, of all people... Who, like, we specifically looked... I thought it was... I don't know. 
I thought I thought it was the map to like the first Jedi temple, and that's they had like a a, a presumption that Luke was there. And so, I guess, but they, I mean, that's kind of the point, but they don't really address that that much. Like literally, in the in the comic, Leia's like, "Poe, I need you to go find Lor Santeca because I think he'll know where Luke is." That's not. We need to find Octo. It's. That's like old, old video game dialogue. Right. Like, I mean, that's not exactly that. I mean, it's not verbatim, but like, that's basically what it is. We think mm-hmm. Lars Anteca uh, knows where Luke is, so we're going to find him. It doesn't seem to be as much about, oh, yeah, he's at the first Jedi Temple, and I have a map to that. Exactly. Uh huh. I don't know. That's the thing is you could play it off that way, but they don't. Oh. Anyways, basically, just think of your answer before you write your question. And then you've got it, you know, you've got enough to make a satisfying ending. And I just don't think they do that. But it doesn't work with, in some context, I guess was the point. And it does in this one. It does in Cloverfield's context. And it doesn't in Paradox's context because there's, because we don't, because the characters, like the characters are the only people, I guess, wondering. And we don't care about the uh-huh. characters. And we know the answers because it's obvious. And. The fact that the characters don't is almost just more unbelievable than it is. Yeah, it's so true. They just fall right into the tropes. Yeah, I don't which know. It, it's like you have to make it. Care about them. You don't have to have dumb characters in order to make a horror movie, and it doesn't even it's feel true, like a though, horror yeah. movie. But you got all the right tropes with the dumb characters, and one gets killed off each time when they're isolated, and like it just goes progressively. And at the end, there are only two people left, and they're so happy they made it. Like, I, I don't know. I just sometimes think about the creators and, like, what direction they were going in and why they would think that this would work and people would be, like, yeah. intrigued because of it. I mean, I get I get that making a movie sometimes, there's a lot of risk in it, right? And you just don't – sometimes you just don't know how it's going to turn out. You just have to go with what, what you have, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, it, like, what you said in the beginning, it makes sense why they released Paradox how they did. Yeah, like, if they hadn't done it on Netflix – it really like would not have done well in the box office. People would have seen it like day one or something like that. And they would have been like, you know what? This movie isn't great. It's not worth your time. And lots of people wouldn't have seen it. Even the critic score yeah. is already kind of not pitiful. Honestly. Uh, I think it's like at 19 or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but here's, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's just because they could have, they could have, they could have waited a little bit even when releasing it. Maybe. But Netflix decided to re- release it immediately, you know? But I think that's a good idea because you have the hype right there. I mean, on Twitter, like, even people who aren't major movie fans were just, like, tweeting, okay, gosh, now I got to watch this movie. And so everybody did. Yeah, that did. was, like, a good thing It was on their such part. a good marketing choice. It's a good way to cover up a bad movie. I mean, everybody found out in, it was a bad honesty, movie, but they did, like, pretty much the smartest move they could make for that bad movie. Yeah, and I think, like, this is kind of a glimpse, honestly, at the future, because something like this is totally unheard of, right? Showing the trailer a few hours before you get to watch the movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, that's genius, honestly. Like, Netflix, they're, they just know, I think, how to make things work, even if they're bad. Yeah. And I just got to give props to them, because that's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um... But it does feel like a underwhelming Black Mirror episode at some point, you know? Yeah. Do you so feel true. that way? Like, I feel like 
you could look at the Cloverfield movies as Black Mirror episodes, and it's like, well, that one was I mean, underwhelming. I, I, I don't know. When I saw 10 Cloverfield Lane, I remember um, people like I saw it with and us were reminiscing about how it's kind of like a Twilight Zone, because that's before, I think... Um, Black Mirror, or I had ever heard of Black Mirror. Right. So it's like it's like a modern day movie Twilight Zone, where it's like a different scenario, <clears throat> a different thing each time, like different characters. And I thought that was amazing. It was genius. And we get to like hear and see a different story in every movie. Um, and with this, I don't know what they were thinking. But yeah, in all it's honesty. like the most trash Black Mirror episode or something. I don't know. And I, I when I was gonna watch it, actually, my expectations was that. It's gonna be like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, but I didn't like, think it like was a gonna be one? like a bad Black Mirror episode. Yeah, I don't know. So it's sad. So I don't know. Do you have anything else? I guess we could rate it. As far as the production design, though, like the CG was on point. I think everything was actually oh, so true, yeah. really well done. Yeah. Um, the way like the bars and wires go through that one person. I don't even know any oh, of their yeah. names, but like that was really well done. Honestly, like production design Mina. is pretty good i want to give it like a 17 out of 18 or a 16 maybe because it's like it's really good and it's technically well done but it doesn't like the cinematography is nothing special it feels like a bland movie that's just you know like there's no no problems Uh but there's nothing really particularly good about it so like i don't know i'll rest at like 16 yeah i was thinking 16.5 so (laughs) um yeah okay next is like the way that we see the characters and I guess that can include the acting if their performances like sell the emotions and stuff like that. Um, I think the acting is technically good. Like there's good acting, but the writing it was okay. The writing is bad. The it directing okay. is bad. Yeah. I didn't. The little really... girl was a good actor. I think her name was Molly. Yeah, she was, she was good. Um, overall, like I didn't feel for the characters at all even though it was kind of technically exactly. not horrible acting or something. Um, so I'm going to give that like a 14 out of 18. Really? Yeah. Okay. I I'm I was going to give it an 11. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I think a lot of it I just don't sure like being is negative. acting, but a lot of it is characters. I, like the, as far the characters as, themselves. And, right. And who they're acting as. Like if we were to rate so, those separately, I'd say like characters are like, 17 uh wait no 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 as far as the acting goes okay as far as the acting goes like it's like a 16 or a 17 but as far as the actual like do we care about the characters are they well written and stuff like that like i'd give it like you know a nine or something like that so yeah i'd give it a five right so i guess if you if you you round it together it's like i don't know 13 14 i'll go a little bit lower Uh i just don't like being negative i guess um Wait, really? I don't like being that <laughs> negative towards a movie that I don't think is, like, hot garbage. Because it's not hot garbage. It's not, like, it's, you know, some of the worst movies. It's not Justice League or something. It's just <laughs> not nearly as good as everything else, I guess. It's just, it's sad bad. Yeah, it's like the kind of, <laughs> it's like it, it had more potential than it, like, kind of met. But that doesn't mean yeah, it's bad. It's just not good. Or not yeah, great. it's not one of those that you think should have deserved to be bad, but it is. Yeah, I guess it's like which is ultimately yeah. So sad. I think overall, like, uh, and then there's what is the other thing that we 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 talked about this like the story and the plot structure. 
that is hot garbage because it's just Ugh. it's just every horror movie trope smashed into one and it was it it there wasn't enough world around it to really fill in just the uh-huh. bones of the trope i guess so i'm yeah, you know what it reminded me of what the so at least when i saw the trailer for some reason it reminded me of life yeah right like that i i haven't seen life but i've seen the trailer for yeah it. same that's basically and what it is i've heard other people compare it to life yeah so i think except i, I heard I life know. was better than this but i'm not sure if that's true oh gosh um well then i don't know right. i would give it as far as like the plot and story structure goes a really i don't know like a an eight an eight huh yeah yeah i'll give it an eight too i agree with you on this one all right so so overall score is like a i don't know the best it could possibly be like a 14 or uh, you're gonna be nice. 14 or 15 out of 18 like i was thinking 13 but okay yeah it's basically i think valerian is more enjoyable as a film huh i okay. would rather watch valerian wow than this i mean that doesn't surprise me actually just because it's luke Besson, but yeah <laughs> that's true so. um and his his stuff is just very colorful, even if the plot structure was kind of a, eh. um, yeah, I don't know. All right. So yeah, but similar scores. So. On to Paddington Two. Paddington Two, um, Daniel, you didn't see this movie, but um, but I did, and <laughs> I want to talk about the first one. It. it is, I believe, I think if you look at the series as a whole, the best. Children's hey, you're using my words now. That makes me happy. Best children's franchise of the decade. Whoa. And it's only two movies or right. yeah, two movies in. So And the only reason I say that is because Fantastic Beasts came out in two thousand nine. While that is the best children's movie ever made, in my opinion, and I don't think anything could ever top it. The thing that Fantastic I like about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find I mean, them? no, 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 no. I am so stupid. I am so stupid. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox, 2009. Wow. Best movie ever. One of my favorites of all time. I just realized I accidentally said Fantastic Beasts, even though I do not care about that movie, even a little bit. <laughs> I was really shocked for a I second. I know. And you're like, wow, it came out in 2009? Um, no, but Fantastic well, Mr. Fox. I was going to, like, I knew you were, I, I didn't know if you meant, like, a different no. movie that was just Fantastic Beasts and not Where to Find Them. <laughs> no, no, no. Fantastic Mr. Fox, 2009. Best movie. Wes Anderson, seriously, all-time favorite movie. If I had to pick, like, just one, that's probably the first thing I'd think about. Um, it's The thing that's good about that, though, is that it's just it handles very, like, adult themes and stuff like that, you know? it It feels like an adult movie that is safe for kids to watch. It doesn't feel too much like a kid's movie. Paddington. That's interesting. Paddington is like the, well. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of Wes Anderson's style. He makes very kind of adult mature movies. And this one's just like, okay, we removed the swearing and sex and here we go. Uh And it's, it's very solid. But I think Paddington is the quintessential like children's movie 
made for children and adults can enjoy it too. Like it's got the silly kind of uh-huh. slapstick action, except it's kind of well thought out, which is really interesting. Um, uh, the one scene that I particularly enjoyed from the second one, he's tr- like Paddington's trying to wash a window and he's trying to lift up the bucket, but the bucket has so much water that it's um, too heavy for him. So he wraps a rope around it, climbs up a ladder and like tries to use it like a pulley. And so he, he like puts all of his weight on the rope and he's like hanging on it. Uh, and the bucket still doesn't go up. So he picks up something heavy and then he starts to go down and the bucket goes up and he gets to the bottom, the bucket's all the way up. And so he sets down the heavy thing and then the bucket, like he flies up, the bucket flies down and splashes half of its water out. So then it goes up and he goes down and then the bucket goes around the top and lands on his head. It's like, it's very well thought out. It makes sense in terms of like physics and it's, it's not like overly uh-huh. stupid in CG. I don't know. It's like obviously it's a way to fill time. And I, I feel like that's the interesting thing about their action in Paddington and Paddington 2 is like they're both like, yes, we get it. We have to entertain the kids um, who are younger for these this part of the movie. So we'll have this. But we'll do it well. Like we'll do this thing well and, you know, we'll kind of like, you know, it's a bit of a nod to the fact that, yes, we just need to fill up time. Um, and also entertain like the two-year-olds and stuff like that. But everything uh, else around the movies like equally as well thought out and charming. So it's like you have those bits of the movie that kind of take you out if you're an adult, even though like you can look at them and they're, they're fine, but they're, they're just not meant for, I don't know. It's just, it's how to do a kid's movie in a quintessential kid's movie way and do it yeah. perfectly and like do it in an enjoyable, charming way. It's calm as far as those kinds of movies go. It's not, like, obnoxious at any point. And the characters are likable. You understand all of their motivations, which is very interesting for a kid's movie. You wouldn't, like, expect that it's that deep, but it kind of is. Characters grow, and it's, I don't know. That's very entertaining in that way. And the cast is great (laughs) in both of them. Um, Hugh Grant's in the second one as the villain, and he's like overwhelmingly good it's kind of hilarious and uh the thing about it is like it's kind of his whole storyline is like a comment on his career where he like used to be he plays an actor who used to be a big shot and then like pretty much Uh then he's like just resorted to doing like dog food commercials and stuff like that and everybody's kind of made fun of him and is laughing at him and his whole point is i want to get more money so that way i can like restart my career a little bit um so you could say that his um his side of the story was uh hilarious. Uh gross. That but it <laughs> but it wasn't that funny. Pun. Oh. I don't know. It it's just a charming like very happy movie if that makes any sense. Like uh-huh. it's nothing is really like bringing you down, I guess. Um but it's also like got conflict and like resolution and I don't know. It's really interesting. So in this one, he goes to, in the second one, he goes to jail. Um, Really? Yeah. He gets put in jail and he, at one point thinks, you know, his family forgot about him and stuff like that. But like the whole, the whole, his whole family's like subplot that he's living with is just trying to get him out of jail. Um, Uh, I don't know. And then there's just, I don't want to spoil the movie. I don't really think I can do it justice, but it's, it's beautifully directed. Like it's got these really long, 
sweeping shots and they just go on forever and you can tell like they edited them together like uh like with uh what's it called birdman um where it's like looks like it's all like one long shot but like they just edited it they just cut it together uh-huh. to make it look like that um they do that uh-huh. they do that kind of thing in a kids movie and it's got like these bright wes anderson like colors um and it's just I don't know. The acting is like incredible. Not not to mention that it has like cameos from every British like actor or actress I've loved from like TV shows. It has like Jessica Hines from Spaced and W1A. Actually, one of the main characters is Hugh Bonneville, who's like in. I think he's in. He's in. He's the main character in W1A, and he's also in like Downton Abbey and stuff like that. You've got. Um, uh-huh. There's like a cameo from Richard Aowati, um, who's in IT Crowd and a lot of other stuff, and he's insanely funny. Um, I don't know. It's like it's got Sally Hawkins from like The Shape of Water and stuff. She's she's really good. Like everybody's just phenomenal, and it's just so weird that it's a kids movie. I don't know. Like I I can't. It's in. It's ugh. <laughs> I, there's not too much more I can, like, say that's really constructive. I haven't, like, thought it out too much. It's just so well done, and uh, I'd recommend it to any person ever. If we had, like, a, oh, yeah, we, I want to integrate that that kind of a parent meter thing to the movie, because why not for for the those, those homeschooled uh, and... Uh, you know, those homeschooled chitlins who want to go see movies and, and maybe they listen to this podcast or something and they, they want to know if it's it's safe to go watch. I'd say Paddington 2 is a solid 1. On the, on the scale of 1 to 5, it's a 1, which means it's safe for everyone and actually everyone might enjoy it. Um, uh, well, let's just go back. Cloverfield Paradox. That is a 4. I would give it a four, maybe. In terms of violence. Just because of the gore of that one scene. Like, there's stuff like that that's just a bit too heavy. Um, uh-huh. 10 Cloverfield Lane, I'm going to give it... Like, it's a PG-13 movie, and there's no, like, actual, like, really bad content in it for the most part. But I want to almost give it, like, something closer to a five. Just because of how, like, how much that movie can stick with you. If you're a small child... Like, just, oh, just don't watch it, I guess. I don't know. I love if it. If we're, like, rating PG-13 movies as four and fives, then where do, like, our movies fall in? Well, exactly. See, that's the thing, is that I think Baby Driver, as far as, like, what actually really happens in it, is still just, like, a four. I think Logan is pretty much also just a four. But I think, here's the thing, is in terms of, like, how I'm going off of how it would, like, affect me. Like, there's just gore and swearing and violence and language in some of those movies but like Uh it's not like it doesn't stick with you and feel like real i guess there's enough of like a Uh it's not an uncanny valley but there's enough of a separation between you and that other world almost that it's not too heavy i guess so like Uh the four is like you can you can watch it it's just like technically the content is bad but i i'd save a five for something that like is probably going to stick with you for a while, I guess. I don't know. At least that's okay. how I feel. Because I feel like 10 Cloverfield Lane is like 
thoroughly like true to life kidnapping kind of a feeling is what it what it evokes yeah, and that's it, true. it's totally stuck with me and like i don't know I, I i would just not suggest that for kids but um paddington 2 and paddington 1 both i'd say paddington 2 does stuff right that paddington 1 doesn't paddington 1's villain is like really bland and annoying and you don't really want to see that plot progress at all um uh-huh. and paddington 2 has like a really great villain that you kind of want to you want to see where that goes uh it's very entertaining and stuff uh-huh. um yeah but paddington one does a lot more with the main characters i guess like as far as developing the people that he's living with there's a lot of like really good character arcs for mr brown and mrs brown and like the kids and stuff uh because of how paddington like interacts with them they kind of learn things and in the second one, because mm-hmm. he's kind of separated from them the whole time, you have almost you don't actually have any character arcs for them, which kind of stinks and makes it feel a little bit more sad, I guess, just because that was a really entertaining part of the the first movie. But overall, I would say production design is like an eighteen out of eighteen. It's really well done, and like as far as cinematography uh-huh. goes, it's actually something significant um, for both of them, even. Uh-huh. Um, for like characters and that sort of thing. I still, I think I'll give the first one. Um, they're honestly both 18s because it, I don't know. It feels a bit too generous. Maybe, maybe they're both like 17s or something, uh-huh. but I think the, it's okay to not have those character arcs in the second one because we put more emphasis on the other characters arcs and like on a villain and stuff like that. So it's like it, it feels evenly distributed and you don't feel like you're missing out on stuff just in retrospect. So I feel like they're both, I'll, I'll uh-huh. say both 17. And then um, as far as um, the story goes for both of them, um, actually I'd kind of differ on them. I'd say that for Paddington two, I really enjoyed it and I'd say it's like a 17 or 18. Um, but Paddington one, okay. just because of the villain being really lackluster and boring um and not all that entertaining and kind of like just a trope overall i'd say like 16 okay so overall i'd say paddington 1 is like a 17 out of 18 and paddington 2 is like an 18 all or right. something anyways good movies very good movies <laughs> and uh i did not do them justice and i probably spoiled things or something so yeah <laughs> there we go okay then yeah, i think that's done <clears throat> I think now our next yeah. episode that we're going to do, you can head on over to the uh, transmission, uh, the Scare of Transmission podcast, and you will find a breakdown and more discussion on the solo trailer. So, I'm um, teaser, teaser, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, you can also find us at Gosh Daniel Pod or I'm at Revan Card and um, on Twitter, and Daniel is the childish guy on Twitter or something. Yes, yes, I am. I like how you always shout me out. Yeah, because you won't shout yourself out, and I, I feel like it's awkward if I shout myself out, and you know, you don't. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you're just so nice. Yeah, I'm just a really nice guy. Um, you can find full archive of our episodes. We only have the first, the the latest twenty five on our feed on iTunes. You can find like the full archive all the way back to the first episode, um, mm-hmm. which is like I don't know. At this point, we've there's probably like. 20 something episodes on there so there's like a significant 
portion of the podcast that's just like not available to see anymore. We did quite a few reviews that were somewhat entertaining, probably. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think they were pretty good. I enjoyed making them. So there was that. Uh-huh. Uh, that's at, I think it's gosh, Daniel, www.goshdanielrants.blogspot.com. Something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, also our email is goshdanielrants at gmail if you want to send us an email, which would be cool, I guess. Um, is that, oh wait, no, we have we have some patrons. So patreon.com slash goshdaniel. We got our special fancy patrons. Um, thank you so much to he who wishes to not be named, Muffin Princess 1000, um, Hunt, the Bunt, Gunter Schmunter, and Noreen. <laughs> for your delightful donations it makes me very happy and warm inside every single second of my life and that's really great so yay um yeah oh yeah so so as far as the patreon goes if you do donate to that like there are a few things you get um if you give five dollars or more you get like an extra two episodes a month so there's that we do those uh every other friday so you know, if, if you care, that'd be cool. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I think they're pretty cool. Um, that's the most important one, honestly. Like, 10 is, like, if you just want to, like, blow our minds for some reason. Um, there, there's, a, there's a few extra, like, bonuses and stuff like that that you can get. But it, I, I honestly think the best selling point for our Patreon is the, the extra episodes. So, anyways, um not that I want people to give too much money. Like if, if they don't have any money to give, don't give any money. And if they have lots of money and they want to give it to us because they love us, then you know what? I like how you almost said me. I it's because I mean, it. let's be honest. It's for me. No, <laughs> it's, it's for both of us. It, it gets distributed. Um, most of the time. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it does. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that that would be really cool if you did that. Um, if you have one dollar, you get access to the the feed, which like sometimes we do updates every once in a while. We'll do like a poll to ask what episode. You can always just like go into the community or whatever and request an episode, and we'll probably do that. So like that's for one dollar patrons and up. Um, and uh, sometimes Daniel likes to make comics or art. Uh, and if he does do those yeah, things, hopefully. then he'll he'll just put them up. So there's that. I don't know. It's fun. We have fun on there sometimes. It it, it can you bet we it do. can be a good time. Um, yeah. I don't know. It like the best selling point though is the five dollar thing. Uh, oh, wait, no. Actually, if you give one dollar, our Christmas episode that we did is still up, and it's a horrifying like <laughs> something is wrong with our heads. Like we were so tired when we recorded it. It makes zero sense, and it's really weird and creepy. So, like, if you want to check out something that'll destroy your brain, um, <laughs> that's on there for the $1 patrons and up. So, yeah. Um, that's that's the longest we've ever talked about that kind of thing. I yeah. don't know why we did, because it's, like, it's still kind of... With how many listeners we do have, it's, you know... Anyways. Um, yeah, we, we probably shouldn't have the right to start asking for money right. now, like, but, we you don't, know. You know what? Giving us money is just a way of us interacting with you. Really? Uh, okay. You know what? I value I value a tweet. Qu- 
quite a bit. So yeah, that's true. Maybe just tweet us if you don't have money. <clears throat> that's great. Or the best possible thing you could ever do in your entire life is to give us a five star review on iTunes. We don't talk about this enough, but we should because that helps us on placement. It helps people find our podcast, which is the most important thing. Because just thinking about how many people listen to this podcast and you're each individual people and getting one more individual person to listen to something so dumb is just kind of incredible. I don't know. So, like, give us a five-star review if you have time on iTunes. That would really mean a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to question why we haven't done that, like, earlier. I know. Like, it's, it's the why? most important thing. Uh, like we ask people to give us money before we ask them to right like <laughs> rate us rating is the most important thing i'll just i'll i can't i can't stress that enough that's incredible um i i love all of you just for listening though if you survived this long then i i can't even comprehend how you're still alive but that's really great of you so thanks um that's that's kind of it. So yeah, just head over to the Scarif transmission after this, I guess. And there's there's gonna be an episode up. So, yep. Yay. Thanks, guys, right. so much. Um, <clears throat> the end. Yes, the 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 end. Oh, uh, goodbye. So soon. <laughs> Not really, but whatever. <laughs>